Good morning, church. Good morning. I can hear there's a buzz in the air today. There is joy in this house this morning. Amen. So can I please invite you to stand? We're going to go into a time of worship. Now, the word that I felt for today for us in this service is that He has not given us a spirit of fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and of might and of a sound mind. And I believe that He wants you to experience that power on the inside of you because you are an overcomer through Christ who has overcome the world. Amen. So be encouraged with that. And Lord, we just want to thank you. We want to honor you, Lord. Thank you that you are the king of this place, Lord, that you are the head of this church. Father, that we gather together and we do it with one reason and it is for you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, Lord. That through your blood, we get to experience life like never before. We get to experience love like never before, Father. So we thank you that we get to honor you and adore you with our voices, with our song, with our bodies, with all that is within us, Lord. We get to glorify and praise your name. Lord, thank you that you are enthroned today, Lord. That you deserve the glory, you deserve the honor, and you alone are worthy. And we pray this together in your holy name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So let's worship him, let's adore him, and let's shout his praises.
You're so kind, you're so pain. 
God, Jesus, we just thank you for you. That your love, your goodness surrounds us. Everywhere we go, Lord, your goodness encompasses us. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this morning and just the privilege of worshiping you, of just beholding you face to face, that what we behold is a good, good Father. And so we just honor you this morning and we just thank you for you in our lives. And all God's people say, Amen. So great to be with you all this morning. Uh, You can take your seats and thank you, worship and production team. Beautiful. It's great to be with you all this morning. And so I'm going to do things a little differently. And so there's a word in the Bible, and that word is selah. And what it means is to pause and to praise. And so for a brief moment, I want you to just take a deep breath in and just begin to thank God. Thank Him for this family Thank Him for the connections. Thank Him for the Word that's been preached week in and week out. And so just begin to thank God. Can we do that? (sighs) Amen. Aren't we blessed? Come on. And so I have the honor of doing the offering message with you this morning. And so we are going today on a safari. But there's one requirement on the safari is that you carry around your binoculars. And so you think, why binoculars? Like, what's the point? You're going to have to wait and see. And so as you go on your way, you realize Peter forgot the loaves. And you think, man, Peter, this is just like you. And so you keep going, you continue, and you now start to check your bank account. And you realize, one more week to go, will I even make it? And so you are worried, you are stressed, you're thinking, what am I going to do? And so Jesus, he just glances at you with a bit of a smirk and he says to you, look at the birds. Can you see the birds? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet who? Your heavenly Father feeds them. And so why birds? Birds are carefree. They are unfettered and they live in the care of your father. And so they aren't anxious about tomorrow's bread or seed because why? They just know that they know that they know that our father will feed them. And so the word father in the Greek is patea. And that word means nourisher, protector, and provider. And so you have a dad that's role is to provide for each one of your needs. And so as you go on, and as we begin to end our safari, Jesus says to you, look at the flowers and watch how they grow. They don't uh, clothe themselves, or let me just read there. (laughs) They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And so what Jesus is saying here is that he can take way better care for you than you can take care of yourself. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. He can take way better care for you than you can take care of yourself. And so why this propels us in giving 
It's that we know who's our source and that he's a much more provider. And so if you'd like to give, there's offering boxes at the back or there's a number of ways you can find in the bulletin. And then Mama D is going to be sharing a powerful word with you. Thank you. morning church are you all good today amen isn't god amazing i'm Dee. i'm one of the pastors here and it is such a joy to be here this morning so i'm going to be starting our new series and i love our theme scriptures from romans 5 verse 9 and it says and there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Isn't this the most beautiful bridging scripture of what we heard last week with the eternal judgment that we're never going to face eternal judgment? But because of his unfailing love and because of the blood of Jesus, We get to experience His love and will never experience the wrath of God. So if you weren't here last Sunday and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's one of the most powerful sermons I've heard ever. And Steve did such a great job. Go and watch it online, all on eternal judgment. So our series of much more is so incredible because the words much more happen throughout the Bible and especially in the New Testament. In the ESV and the New King James, it's actually mentioned six times. In the King James, only five. And then Paul continues to use it six times again. This phrase, much more. And five out of the six times in the gospel, it actually refers to our Father God giving gifts to his children. Look at your friend next to you and just say, Not more, not more, much more. (laughs) If you spat at that time, just make sure. (laughs) The much mustn't be that much, okay? (laughs) Much more. In Matthew 7, verse 11, let's read it together. If you then who are evil know how how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? more. Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Luke described it this way in Luke chapter 13, uh, chapter 11, verse 13. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I've been very, very spoiled. I've been blessed with four children. And I want to tell you, as an earthly mom, when 
Christmas is coming, when their birthdays are coming, they start to share what they are wanting for their birthday. I have a a child whose birthday is in February and she gets so excited about her, her birthday and her party that as a child we had to make a rule that you're only allowed to talk and plan your birthday from the 1st of January. Because we would finish a party on the end of Feb and on the 1st of March, we were planning next year's party. Because they love birthdays. Which child, any of us, did not love our presence and getting something? And here this word is saying, If we as evil parents are planning and working behind the scenes, you you start saving here, you know this month is coming, so you know the list is there. And what do we do? We start planning behind the scenes. We start looking, where am I going to get this present? If it's online, we've got to really think ahead because we've got to get it here in time. How? Much more does our Heavenly Father want to give us these special gifts. If you don't have children, you know your heart to give a gift to your parents or to your best friend. You don't just give whatever you have in the cupboard. You make sure there is a special gift that needs to go out. How much more does our Father want to give us good gifts. And so before we even start this series, I wanted to remind us of the nature of our Father that we serve. Because if we don't understand our Father's nature and intention, we can hear these sermons and say, oh, this is just another prosperity gospel. They just want more out of me. No, My heart today is to lay a foundation of this incredible series to show you that what we are believing is the very nature of our Father. Amen. And so sometimes what happens is we start to hear these messages. We start believing God for bigger things. We start trusting Him. And then what do we do? Religion grabs hold of us or our own hearts start to fail us, or the circumstances we were brought up in starts to grab hold of us. And what do we become? We become like those crabs in a bucket that start pulling each other down, and we never, ever get out. And I I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to show you this video this morning, because sometimes when we start trusting God, we feel like we've drawn the short straw. We're the only person believing God for this. And then we, we finally get brave enough to ask God, this is our view of who we think God is like. So I'm going to show you this. Thank you, Danny.
was from Oliver Twist, the original, if you haven't seen that before. What a visual of how religion has painted Father God and our hearts. You know, I love the tapestry of what the Holy Spirit has done this morning in terms of worship, in terms of Mike's message. We don't talk to each other, and yet God has just woven. We started with He's called us out of Egypt. We had the slave mentality. We were orphans. We were wrapped in poverty. And God came and he sent Jesus and he's taken us out by the hand. And he says, I have so much more for you. I have so much more that I want to give you. But when we have, because of circumstances, either because of our own earthly fathers, we have this image that God is waiting. And when we ask for more, He's like, what? Have I, I've got to give you more? No, He's a good Father. And He died, Jesus died for our poverty, that we might become wealthy, rich. It's not just talking about a soulish realm. There's finances involved. There's peace. But we have the slave mentality. And he said, it is finished. We have to let go of this image of God. And so this morning, I want to remind you, when the Bible says that he has gifts as a father, a much more gift ready for us. What does that look like? What is a much more gift? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because I'm going to show you. The first gift he gave us in creation was the gift of stars. In Genesis 1 verse 14, it says, and let there be light, bright light to shine in space, to bathe the earth with their light. Let them serve as signs to separate the day from night and signify the day's seasons, and years. And so it happened. God made two great lights, the brighter light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He also spread the tapestry of shining stars to rule over the day and to rule over the night and to separate the light from darkness. God loved what he saw for it was beautiful. God says, you know what? My creation is looking a little bit boring for my children so let me give them a gift. I'm going to create some stars. Now, I don't know about you, but a, a more gift would be maybe 10, 100, 1,000 would be generous. But do you know how many stars God has given to us? Look at this picture. This is just us. Okay, there we are. Can you see us? This is our galaxy. This is one galaxy. We are the Milky Way galaxy. Now, the Hubble telescope decided to do an experiment, and they call it a deep field image. And what they did is they took a tiny piece. So if you have your thumb and you cover the moon, 
Okay, pretend you're doing it now with me. Pretend you're the minions, old mister. <laughs> and you cover the moon and you take the size of a pinhead over your thumb, just a pinhead. They photographed that tiny space for 50 days. And in that pinhead, they found thousands of galaxies, thousands in that pinhead. And we will post that picture on our Facebook page for you. I don't have it here, it's a surprise. But I will show you, I will make sure it's on the link in the Facebook page. But thousands in a pinhead over 50 days. They're estimating at the moment there is a range between 100 billion to 200 billion galaxies at the moment. It's too much. Doesn't it sound a little bit like a much more gift? <laughs> much more. Billion. Billion. That's how many stars he decided to give us as a gift. And then the next day, he decided in Genesis 1.20, God said, let there be life. Let the waters swarm with sea life and let the sky be filled with soaring birds of every kind. God created huge sea creatures and every living creature that moves of every kind, swarming in the water and flying in the sky according to their species. God loved what he saw for it was beautiful. Here come the next two gifts. He decides he's going to give us some birds and he's going to give us some sea creatures. Now, I don't know about you, when I was a child, I used to have those books, you know, where you go had different heads, different bodies, different legs. Okay, did we all have those? Before technology, we had books. Remember, we kept ourselves busy with that. And there were only so many combinations you could get creative with. We, we, we can't think enough of how many combinations there are. But when God decided he's going to give us a gift of birds, according to Zimi science, there are currently on our present planet between 9,500 to 11,000 different species of birds. Species. That doesn't sound like just a normal gift to me. Currently, there are about 50 billion individual birds waiting for us to go on Mike safari. <laughs> billion birds. And just so all my farmers in the house, that's not including the chickens. If we count the chickens, at the moment there are 35 billion chickens in the world. So they have their own little, their own little graph. We're just talking about the normal birds. We serve a much more Father. This was his gift to us. And then, like we saw, just the little sparrow, I mean, we sang it this morning. I love those lines. It says, if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? Do you know how many currently there are 1.6 billion sparrows waiting for us. Sorry, not billion, million. <laughs> I'm getting like million. 
only million. It's only 1.6 million sparrows. I exaggerated. A million sparrows. And yet, he loves me more and knows every hair on my head. How much more does he love you? How much more? Are we not more valuable than these little sparrows? In our sea, this is just so beautiful, that between 50 and 80% of all life on earth is actually found under the sea, that 99% of the living space is actually in the oceans. At the moment, on earth, if you take from Mount Everest all the way to coastline to zero, our average height on earth, if you had to take every mountain, is 840 meters, okay? That's the height of George's mountain. That's our average. The average depth of the sea is 3,795 meters. It is so deep. They haven't discovered all the species. They've only classified 1.5 million of the species. They're estimating as little between 2 million and 100 million species haven't been discovered. We're still opening the present. We're still opening the present. Imagine a present lasting this long that you haven't even discovered it. This is our much more father. He says this gift is going to be so big, it's going to take you a lifetime to find them all. This is a treasure hunt of note. Our Father God gave us a much more gift in the stars, in the birds, in the seas. And the Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. So why aren't we experiencing it? Because we changed. We put him in a box. We changed the image that we had into one of these scary orphanage masters. Or we felt we're not good enough. So this morning, I want to remind you of what does a much more promise look like. We spoke about Egypt. We spoke about Moses. His Israelites were trapped in Egypt. They were slaves. They were eating slave food. The Bible talks about leeks and garlic. I'm not saying leek is a slave food. I'm just saying who eats leeks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and they're eating leeks and they are miserable. And what does God, His loving heavenly Father say? Come, I want to give you a promised land. And what is in the land? Milk and, and honey. I want to set you free. I want to take you out. It's such a beautiful picture of what we have gone through. Jesus says, I'm tired of seeing you as slaves, slaves to this world system. You're dying. Come, let me give you a land of milk and honey. I promised you this. And then they go through all these encounters. 
They see the plagues. They see the Red Sea split. They see daily manna. They see a cloud by day, fire by night. These are incredible miracles. And they finally get to the edge of the promised land. And Moses says, come, we've got to just spy this out. Twelve of you are going in. And we pick up the story in Numbers 13. It says, then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell, oh, sorry, who dwell in it are strong or weak, Few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. This is going to be their sign. Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Okay, so they've got their own little colored storm happening here. And then they came to the valley of Eshkol and they cut down a branch with how many clusters of grapes? One. And they carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. Now, I don't know about you, but I have loved, thank you, my darling, I have loved grape season. Okay, I know I bring food a lot, and then the sales go up. I think last time the speckled egg sales went up, like, enormously. One bunch of grapes. I'm holding it with my two fingers. Don't you love it when you see big grapes in the shops? Hey? It's like, and then they say seedless, but sometimes one seed slips in and it just ruins your day. <laughs> But I don't know how they make more if there's no seeds. So I just am very grateful. So, ah! Sorry. It's multiplying. <laughs> One bunch of grapes. What does a much more promise look like? They were so big. Two grown men had to bring one cluster between a pole. So big. You talk about a much more promise. Thank you, love. A much more promise. And then what happens? In Numbers 13, they said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. They bring it back and they say, it's true. This is the promise. They're so big. And what happens? Ten of them decide to become Oliver Twist. I'm just a grasshopper. I don't think we can do it. I don't think it's, it's doable. They've seen all those miracles. They've seen the faithfulness of God. And what do they say? Please, I don't think we can do it. We're just grasshoppers in our own eyes. And Numbers 14, 22 says, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness 
and have put me to the test now these ten times, have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who reject me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, he was different. He didn't see himself as an orphan. He didn't see himself as a slave anymore. He believed that I serve the much more father. If he says he's going to give me the land, I don't care what's happened. He's looked after me so far. I'm going ahead. I'm not going to limit him. Psalms talks about it, that they tested and limited God. They were the reason they never went to the land of milk and honey. It was always God's promise to give them it. How much more does our father want to give us what he's paid for? He says, I want to give you the best. Why are we limiting him? Why do we bring our own concepts of what we should have, what we can have, what we can't have? He is a much more God. Religion has painted poverty with holiness. I want to tell you, when you're poor, when you don't have 10 rand to buy bread, you are not a blessing to anybody. You can't even bless yourself. God has created us to be a blessing, to be generous, because that's who He is. Numbers 32, it says, Surely none of these men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they were not wholly following me. I don't want to miss out on God's promised land. I don't know about you. I want to be known as Dee has a different spirit. She knows who her God is. She knows that her father is the God who is much more. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to start craving garlic and leeks. Please, if you see me putting that stuff into my trolley at fruit and veg, start praying, because it won't be me. Much more. And lastly, I want to share, what does a much more family look like? You see, we, we preach it so often. You become like the God you serve. If you feel God is holding something back from you or waiting for you to perform and then he'll bless you, or maybe you've had a father that only when you were doing certain things, then you got rewarded. I want to tell you that's not our father. Our father is a much more father. Look at John and 14 verse 9, it says, Jesus said to them, Here have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? Jesus came to show us the Father. And then what I love is in John 5, Jesus answers and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. 
Even Jesus and the Father were so intertwined. Jesus was not on his own pluck. He couldn't just do things what he wanted. He was so intertwined with the Father. They worked together as one. And then he says, but what he sees the Father do for whatever he does, the Son also does in a like manner. So how did Jesus look? Then he says, for the Father loves the Son and shows him, Jesus, all things that he, the Father himself, does. And the Father, he, will show Jesus greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus even said, listen, my father's a big God. And Father God then says to Jesus, you know what? I'm going to show you things that are greater than my creation. You're going to do even greater things. And then we look at the life of Jesus. What did that look like? Did he say, hmm, 5,000 people. Okay, let's work on one fish per man. Mm, maybe one and a half. They're quite hungry and grumpy. They've been looking at me. Mm, maybe the woman can do half a fish. Okay, right. Everyone take one fish, one loaf. I'm watching you. Do not take two until everyone has had. Isn't that how we do life? We work on a budget. What was his view of just feeding people? It says that 5,000 men, excluding the women and children, they were satisfied. And then there were 12 baskets left over. 12. Not one, not two, 12. That sounds like much more to me. I mean, that's a catering nightmare. You don't want that much excess. What did he do with healing? He didn't say, oh, I'm only going to heal one leopard today because, you know, he's the only one that's grateful. What did he say? You all, he healed all that came to him, all of them. He is a much more father. And Jesus showed us that. And then in John 14, 12, Jesus says to you, most assuredly, I say to you, say that's me. He's talking to me now. He says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. The father said to Jesus, you're going to do much more than I ever did. And Jesus says to us, much more, much more. Why are we limiting God? Why are we limiting him? Much more in Romans 8 verse 14. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. We are not Oliver Twist this morning. We are not fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Our father adopted us. Do you know that in the Israeli culture at that time, to be adopted meant you got the entire, you got the inheritance. 
You could sell your own children, but you could never put your adopted children out of the will. They inherited the promises. And Jesus is saying this morning, we are adopted. We've been taken out of Egypt and we are in a family of a father who is much more. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. That means you have to understand what he did at the cross. His suffering was what he did at the cross, which said he died for our poverty that we might become rich. He died for our sickness that we may be healed. That is our much more God. I grew up, and I'm now really going to give my age away, but I grew up listening to Salty. And Salty was my hero, and I loved, I had all the, ca the cassette tapes and records, and I knew them off by heart, but there was one, one of the series was with Salty and his three little triplets. They were little books. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go and look on YouTube, and um, it's all there. But what was so cute is that this little booklet says to her dad, she says, oh, I can't do this. But anyway, we're going to do it. She says to her dad, Dad, I want to be just like you because you're so much like the Lord. And that is my heart for the church, for us, for every single one of us, that when we see our Father, as a much more father. That in our hearts we say, Abba Father, I want to be just like you. This is who you really are. And then they sing a song called Just Like You. And it goes like this. How I want to be, Lord, just like you. All the good things that I want to do. Listen to my heart, Lord. Yes, it's true. When you give your peace and you share your joy and you show your love, oh Lord, how I want to be like you. This needs to be our heart's cry. But we need to see him as this loving father, the father of much more. We are his children and we are in a much more family. And I'm going to finish with Psalm 71. I will tell of your goodness. All day long I will speak of your salvation. Though it is more than I can understand. We can't understand this. But you know what? I'm going to choose that I will go in the strength of the Lord God. And I will proclaim your goodness. Yours alone. Can you declare and make a stand that you will be a testimony of his goodness? That when people look at you, they're going to see a God of much more. Listen about us. It always gives glory to him. Won't you stand with me this morning, church?
Maybe this morning you've come into church. Maybe you've been serving God and you've been afraid to ask Him. Maybe it hasn't even come up in your heart. Maybe you felt undeserving. Just where you are right now, just close your eyes. Maybe you have a view of the Father that was like that movie. Father God is asking us to repent, to change our mind, to see him as he really is. In your heart, just say, Father, show me who you really are. Show me who I really am. That your heart is to to be so much more towards me. Show me your goodness. Change my mind. Maybe this morning you've come here and you, you feel like you're in Egypt. Maybe you, you felt like a slave. You haven't felt part of this family. You've never given your life to Jesus. This morning, I would love to pray for you. Without embarrassing everyone, with, while your heads are closed, I mean, your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed. If you say, Dee, I'm tired of living in Egypt. I want to be adopted. I want to give Jesus my life this morning. Won't you just be brave and raise your hand? I would be honored. Thank you. Today is your day. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This is a very special moment. Today you're choosing to say, Jesus, I'm yours. So as a family, can we pray with these very precious people? Just pray with me. Say, Father God, I can't do this alone. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, today, I make you Lord of my life. I become one of yours. Thank you for adopting me. I repent, I turn around, and I follow you. I am now yours. Thank you, Father. And Father, I just pray for every precious person in this room that as they see the birds, as they see the stars may they be reminded of a much more God help us not to limit you, help us not to, to put you in our box but to know your heart as a father is to love us 
So Father, we make ourselves available to, to be a testimony of your goodness this morning. Fill us with your peace, with your joy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for giving the best gift in Jesus. Jesus, we honor you this morning. We love you. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray this. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. What a special morning. And so church, if you need some more prayer, you'd like someone to stand, we have a ministry team that is waiting for you. If you gave your life to Jesus, it's a special day. Please go and grab a green book in the corner there. The What Now book will just help you go with that excitement and share with what's happened today. But otherwise, the rest of you, go and enjoy the Father's love. There's much more coffee and cakes and you can have a great fellowship. And always remember... You are highly favored and deeply loved in Jesus' name. Amen.